Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey there. Welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta, Georgia. We're back after an impromptu uh, break of a couple of weeks. I know last time, uh, last time I spoke with you, Tyler, I told you that I was giving up my car. My daughter was going to college, and uh, she, she got my car. So the last two weeks have basically been one week of car shopping and one week of hauling her and a few boxes of junk and doing all the orientation and bill paying and then trekking back again. So uh, a couple of weeks absence, but really in terms of the NBA and the Hawks, what really happened in two weeks? Not very much. Does that sound about right? Uh, That sounds exactly right. I think the only (laughs) thing that happened with the Hawks is uh, signings were made official, which confused everybody because they probably thought, that Daniel Hamilton and Alex Brokers were already signed, but that was not the case. Uh, so other than that, it's been pretty dry for the Hawks, unless you're excited about, you know, Instagram videos of, you know, pick up basketball. Ooh, Instagram videos. Yeah, those are terribly exciting. And yeah, so the, you know, the official signings, they got to sequence them all the right way so that they fit in their cap situation and all that, so... Yeah, tomorrow is Vince. We're recording on a Thursday. Vince is getting signed tomorrow on a Friday. I think it's uh, roughly 3 o'clock is when he's going to meet with the media. So should be interesting. Do you know what number he's, do you know what number he's picking? I don't. He should, like, pick his age or something. Just go with, like, 41 or something. I just, I just hope it's not 15. I know that's his number and all, but, like, man, that's, <laughs> that's Al his number. Like, and his, he should be retired with that. Like, nobody else on the Hawks should wear 15 again. But I have a sinking feeling he's going to end up with number 15. I, I, I'm going to have conflicted feelings about that. So you think that's getting retired someday? Uh, well, I hope it's, of course, without question. Without question? Um, yeah. yeah. You just got to let some time pass? In my, I mean, it he went to a better situation and he got more money. So, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I wasn't too upset when he, I was upset that the Hawks let him go because I wanted him to end his career here in Atlanta. But, right. you know, in terms of his career, without question, like Al Horford's career as a Hawk is, is one of the all time greats in this franchise history. So, sure. you know, he's going to get his jersey retired. Um, that's not even up to debate for me. Um, so hopefully nobody, hopefully Vince's understanding is like, Hey, I'll just pick some other number that I, that I like to wear and go on from there. <laughs> Maybe he can wear like 51, like flip flop the digits and get, get closer to his age. He, that could be his pseudo age. He just pretend he's 51. Vince Carter's way too cool to pick number 51. No. All oh, right. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he'll do a 45 in, 45? in honor of Michael Jordan, but yeah, okay. he might do something like that. But I think he's just going to take 15, and I'm just going to have to eat it and live with it. It's only going to be one year. It's still going to be weird. I mean, it doesn't whatever. preclude retirement if somebody wears it in the interim. So, I mean, it, it'd be all right. Oh, no, no, of course not. But, you know, it's just like you wouldn't see anybody – in uh, I don't want to use LeBron, but like anybody when Dwayne left, nobody was going to pick number three. Even Dwayne's probably 
too hot. But you know, it's just yeah, he is. I, I don't know. He's a, <laughs> he's a hawk legend, dog. And, I, and I don't know, he should be he should be respected as such. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you want to guess what kind of car I bought? I think you were, you were, what did you suggest? A Nissan? Some kind of Nissan? Yep. Altima. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get too far from that. I was trying to buy an SUV and it just, oh. I didn't, I didn't in the end. I was like, I wanted to buy an SUV and like, they were either like too small or too tricked out or, and I just wanted just kind of the basics, just a big SUV and I didn't really care about the frills. I would buy a used car, but my wife was like, wanted me to get something with a warranty. So we ended up settling on a sedan. Take a guess. Uh, how, how boring am I? <laughs> wait, what happened? Say it again. I didn't hear. I you. said, I said, take a guess at what kind of sedan I bought. How, how boring am I? Oh, uh, you're asking such an interesting question because I have no idea about cars <laughs> at all. So you're, you're. You're just going, you, like, you're going to shoot for this well. I'm like, uh, I don't know, a sedan? Yeah. What yeah. brand is, what brand, what brand? I, I got a Honda Accord. It's, uh. Oh, wow. You did get the most basic of basic. I did. I retract my statement. That is the most basic of all cars. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I don't have cars on the brain, but <laughs> now that you said it, yeah, you, you got literally the most blandest of vehicles. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. That's fair. I, I'm willing to accept that. It, it was a long adventure, and, and, and I was just ready to be done. So the Honda Accord. But here's the thing. Checking enough boxes. As long as, it, as long as it rides, who cares? I, I hate my car, personally. I wish I didn't have to drive anywhere and that we had public transit that was feasible in the city of Atlanta. But that's a topic for another day. We can, <laughs> we can talk about the Hawks. We can talk about the Hawks some more. All right. So... The, the the real reason for the podcast here is I wanted to get a feel for you for feel from you for um, what the depth chart, what the rotation is going to look like. In my own head, I kind of went with the Budenholzer model. It's it's hard for me to kind of separate that that whole Budenholzer archetype from you know what we might expect from Lloyd Pierce. But in my mind, I'm thinking like a ten a ten player rotation because I think that's what we get a lot of the time out of Bud. So that that that's kind of fixed in my head, and just kind of figure out, you know, if you've got these fifteen players plus two others on two ways, who's going to be playing next year, and who is going to be relegated to spot duty and mop up duty, or you know, getting sent to the the G League and things like that. So my proposed framework here is to kind of go bigs, and then wings, and then point guards. Sound good? Yeah, sound good to me. Let's do it. All right, so let's start with the bigs. If you look at, at who's on the roster here, if you look at Dwayne Dedman, Alex Len, Miles Plumley, uh, Amari Spellman, John Collins, out of that group, you know, how do you see it shaking out in terms of starters, backups, and just non-players? Uh, Dedman and Dedman and Collins are starting at the center and power forward. Okay. Then you have Alex Lane coming off the bench. And honestly, after that, I fully expect the Hawks to just play um, guys like Justin Anderson, Vince Carter at the four to fill out the rest of the rotation. I don't think uh, Miles Plumlee uh, fits what Lloyd Pierce wants to do, and Amari Spellman is just too green to see minutes. Um, we kind of saw it in summer league. It's not that – you know he plays with effort, but the the interest the interest of NBA defenses just isn't there with him yet. So I expect this I expect Spellman to spend a lot of time in the G League. Uh, to me, it just makes sense based on how many forwards are on this roster um, to try to get um, those guys some more minutes. And also, like Justin Anderson, to me is a power forward. Uh, is I mean offensively. It's probably his best position. Uh, Alex Prother is is a power forward as well. So it's you know I know I know you said to separate big sports and and, and point guards, sure. but this this is a this is a much more versatile roster than what Bud had. So I would expect a bunch of small ball for uh, this season with the Hawks. Okay, so. 
Wow. Okay. I mean, I agree with you on the starters. I, you know, it seems like it has to be Deadman Collins, right? And they wouldn't sign Len if he wasn't going to be in the rotation. They wouldn't spend, you know, four million dollars on his contract unless they were thinking of playing him. So, I agree with all that. I kind of agree with you that there'll be a lot of small ball this season too. I'm just not quite ready to write off Spellman yet. Poitras is on a two-way contract, so he makes the most sense to me as somebody who would get, you know, if he gets time, his time will be a power forward. But on a two-way deal, I mean, how sure can you be of that? I mean, he's, he's, he's limited in how many days and how many games he can play and that sort of thing. Agreed. But I would I, I would just add Vince Carter is just full-time power forward now, so, like, that's his position. And then Justin Anderson, it just, to me, it just makes so much sense to play a big wing at the power forward position right. in Justin Anderson so that you can <clears throat> you can play a more athletic game doing that where you have lineups with Justin Anderson, uh, Torian Prince, and Ken Bazemore all on the floor at the same time. You know, I think Lori Pierce coming from the Sixers, they switched a lot um, between their two through, uh, two through four. Right. Uh, they played a lot of guys who were same size and you know, if they had a, you know, they had the benefit of playing without a point guard a lot of the time. So they, they kind of switched it one through four. But I expect the Hawks to have a similar defensive scheme where uh, they're going to be switching uh, a lot. And it really, and to me, like Amari Stone, that's not his strength uh, as of yet. And he's just not, you know, going back to summer league, he struggled mightily in the pick and roll, particularly when he was the only big on the floor. Right. And that to me is the only time he'll like, if he sees minutes, it's going to be at the center position this season. Really? I, yeah. I don't think like Lloyd, like this, this is a, this is, this ain't Mike Budenholzer, man. I, I just, I don't, I don't see somebody who came from the Sixers who ran such a, a switch heavy defense. Schlank purposely signed a bunch of got a bunch of fours. He traded away Mike Muscala in a trade he probably didn't have to make. Okay. Um, to get like he traded Muscala to get Justin Anderson specifically to me to fill that small ball four war four role that the Hawks just hadn't had on this on this roster under Mike Boonhoser. Okay. Uh, expect you know Torian Prince to do some of that as well because it, it just it just allows for more options when it comes to your lineups because now you can you can sh- put Jeremy Lin at the two spot shift Kent Bazemore down at the three play Torian at the four more because you have you have got you, you just have and that that's one of the benefits of this roster is that they have so many wings you know we go down right. the line of which I'm just talking about Justin Anderson and Vince Carter exclusively right now just because you know, I expect them to play, but you can add Bembry to that list. You can add um, uh, Daniel Hamilton to that list. Just big wings that can, in stretches, play the four. And, you know, they may not have the shooting. Okay. That, like, they don't have the shooting that, you know, Schlank would want. But at the same time, they, they all kind of have athleticism and playmaking. Miss Carter has the shooting, I, I think. Honestly, I think I, I would expect Vince probably not going to play every game. He's probably going to play, you know, maybe three times a week at most. But at the same time, I, I expect him to play good, healthy minutes at the four when he's in there just because he's the most seasoned. He's probably the best fit in that small ball four role just because he can shoot and he knows what to do defensively. But Okay. You know, this is a- let, let me ask you this then. Well, first of all, let me just say, I, I kind of disagree with you on the Spellman thing. I, I do think that he'll be in the G League a lot at the beginning, but I don't, I think sort of developmentally, they, I think it's a good challenge for him to try to play power forward. Like, even if his position two years from now is primarily as a center, I think that if they get him some minutes at the four, maybe make his primary role when he does play at the four, I think that's that's just a good developmental thing for him that, he'll be better prepared for what he does a couple of years from now if he does that. But I think he, I think he's going to have a bigger role maybe than, than what you're saying. But I, I think you hinted at this a little bit, uh, but before we kind of switch positions, 
what's what's the crunch time lineup? Because I think I have an idea from what you were saying before what you think the crunch time lineup will be. Uh, probably Deadman, Deadman, Prince, Collins, Bazemore, and either Jeremy Lin or Trey Young. And then uh, you can probably swap um, swap uh, either Deadman, Collins, or maybe even like it'll be a hot hand pro it'll be six guys it'll be six guys it'll be deadman you know those four trey young or jeremy lynn depending on which one is playing better and you know there there are going to be games where trey young and jeremy lynn are on the floor at the same time during crunch time it's just going to depend on it's going to be lineup specific who's playing well i think so who's those six and some and some amalgamation is going to be your closing Lineup. All right, so to to backtrack a little bit more on that, then, like who's who's going to be in the closing lineup virtually every game, and then kind of who are the options? Like maybe is half the time. Like is Prince going to be out there almost every game in crunch time? Probably Prince and Bazemore probably only because of their their specific role as two way wings. They are the I think they're by far the best two-way wings on the team. Okay. So I would expect both of them to be on the floor just because they're the most versatile. Okay. Um, at the same time, I, I'd be shocked if Collins wasn't, you know, a mainstay just due to his role on the team, probably going to be bigger than what it was last season. Okay, so that's three that are um, pretty much all the time? Yeah, and then Deadman is just going Deadman is just going to depend on the other lineup. I can see this team going super small. And, okay. Uh, just trying to, you know, th- there might be some offensive or defensive lineups, sure, you know, sw- sure. swapping stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's it's going to be those six guys, dep- and it's going to really depend on, like, who's, who's playing well or who's not. But it's going to be that six okay. uh, in, some, in some amalgamation. So you've kind of answered the question then for the wing. So Prince, let's assume that Prince and Baysmore are the starters. I think maybe the most interesting question for this whole roster is who who are the wings that actually get rotation minutes behind those two? I mean, there's just there's such a big big glut of players here. I mean, you've got Kevin Herter, Tyler Dorsey, if you think he's a wing, you know, Justin Anderson, Daniel Hamilton, DeAndre Bembry. I mean, this this is kind of a long list. Out of that mix, who do you think are who who's at the top of that group? I mean, who, who's going to be your backup three, your backup two, maybe a small ball four? Who, who's, who do you think has a, uh, a head start in that area? Probably Justin Anderson and Jeremy Lin at the two guard are definite. Uh, the rest is going to depend on who, like who wins the job in, in a training camp. Um, you know, I, I don't have really a feel for who, because, I just don't know with Herter because, you know, we just didn't see him in summer league, but I would imagine just because his shot is so, it's already this good that he's probably going to be in the rotation just because he has an NBA ready skill already. Mm-hmm. And he has a uh, positional size. So if you're going to ask, it's probably going to be Justin Anderson, um, Jeremy Lynn, Kevin Herter, and then, you know, Bembry and Dorsey are going to duke it out for the, for the remainder of those minutes. I don't – and Daniel Hamilton as well. Let me add Daniel Hamilton. I think Daniel <laughs> – honestly, I, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't be surprised – I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton was, was ahead of Dorsey and Bembry at this point just because he's bigger and, you know, I'm not – I don't know, Dorsey. Dorsey just doesn't bring enough on the table. He takes too much off of it, uh, especially defensively. He's just he's not good enough defensively, and he's not a good enough shooter at the moment. Um, and Bembry is the exact opposite situation where his offensive game is so it's just not good enough to to see the floor even with his you know the very real defensive positives that he brings. But he's not good enough defensively at the same time to just the beast be as bad as he was last season. You, we can probably argue that he was hurt and, you know, he could never get in a rhythm, but really it wasn't really the shooting that was concerning to me. It was more 
He couldn't really make free throws. He couldn't finish at the rim last season. And the turnovers were just killer. He just, like, the type of role that he's going to play, he has to be better. And to me, Daniel Hamilton is probably better with the ball in his hands at the moment. And, you know, he's on a one-year contract, so the Hawks are probably going to try to push to see what, if he's, you know, an NBA rotation player. Um, I, I just don't know with Bembry. I, I'd, lo- I'd love to say Bembry's going to be in that rotation day one, but he, it's, he's been in the league two years, and we just know so little about him. Right. I kind of – I asked you to clear this up, and you just made a big mess. I still don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a big, it's a big mess. It's a big mess. Like, like I said, you're I, supposed to see through like, the mess and help me, though. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> going to be a mess until we see how they play. All right. Um, so I, I, the on, the only definites are 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 the five starters. Whether you have Trey Young or Jeremy is starting at six, and then Alex Lynn is seven, and Justin Anderson is eight. Right. Those those are I think those are my definites. I would add Vince Carter as a nine when he's available to play. When he's not available to play, it's it's an open arms race to see who gets the remaining of those minutes. But I wouldn't like if you're honestly asking me. I, I think the Hawks are going to run a a you know they're going to run a ten man rotation. It just depends who those two guys are, who uh-huh. those other two who are going to play on a given night are going to be. All right, uh, you can you can see. That 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 that's the real question, right? Because I, I think everything else is kind of set uh, in stone somewhat. Wow, I I I I guess I disagree. I, I I'm with you on the first seven. So you say that it's you know Trey Young, Jeremy Lin, Baysmore, Prince, Collins, Deadman. So those seven. And of course, like we said before, where it gets murky is trying to figure out you know. Who are the backup wings? Who's the backup point guard? I'm kind of thinking that Lynn is the backup point guard. Um, or or Trey Young is the backup point guard. I, mean, I don't I know that Jeremy Lynn can function as a two, and he might be the closing crunch time two, but I think Young and Lynn both get the primary lump of minutes a, as point guards. And that's going to open up yeah. some minutes at the wing. But for you said something like Justin Anderson was eight. I think Kevin Herter's eight. I know. No, that... no, oh, no. I... Not, not a 19-year-old. Not a 20-year-old. I don't know how old he is. He might right. be 18. I'm going to say he's 17-year-old rookie. It's not getting minutes <laughs> over Justin Anderson. Okay. He's, he's, maybe, going, he's going to be in... 20 by the by middle of next week. He'll be 20 years old. So there. Maybe in maybe in maybe in March, uh, nah. Justin Anderson, like Justin Anderson, wasn't good last season. He's probably a lot better than Kevin Herter is right now, just because he's just a like he's bigger and sure. more athletic, and he he fills more roles as a back. Like he's much at the moment. Kevin Herter is just not big enough to play even the three. He I think. Herter is probably exclusively at the two guard, and, sure. and he's just not strong enough to really hold up on that on that side of the court. Justin Anderson, like I, I, I don't see how Justin Anderson isn't just a better basketball player, just on, in terms of value as a role because he can play the four, right? And that's you know he can play small ball four, and it's probably something he can excel at. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm not a I'm not a Justin Anderson guy. Brad loves him. Uh, Brad Rowland over at you know Locked On Hawks. He loves him. I'm I'm kind of indifferent to him. At the same time, the Hawks have not had a Justin Anderson type of basketball player in, since Pablo Cephalosha left. Uh, a guy who can swing, you know, multiple positions and you know defend multiple positions. And I think that is more valuable than Kevin Herter, whose skill, who who we just don't know enough. Um, and I. I don't see like I don't see Lord Pierce giving minutes to Kevin Herter over somebody he probably liked at Philly who you know he knows them and they probably have a good connection and uh-huh. I, I I I don't see how I don't see I just don't see the minutes uh, I, well I mean I can see the minutes for Kevin Herter 
I just see I just see more of a defined role for Justin Anderson. It doesn't even mean that he's a better basketball player, but he might be more valuable in the sense that, you know, you play Justin Anderson at the four, and now you can play you can play more diversified lineup. Um, he gives you more he gives you more options as a basketball player, whereas Kevin Herter, you know, you're really limited to just playing him at the two, or that's maybe okay. even. You, you I mean, mean yeah, if base if Bazemore is your starting too, I mean, in name maybe he's he's the starting you know shooting shooting guard, but I mean it's not out of the question that somehow Torian Prince and Kent Bazemore are both getting the bulk of their minutes at the three. I mean maybe they start together, but then after they start, you go the rest of the game kind of staggering them and playing Kevin Hurt. I I think I mean in my mind. Uh, the Hawks aren't trying to win the championship this year. I, I hope I didn't spoil the season for anybody. I mean, it's a developmental year. And I think that when it's a developmental year and your primary developmental task is to bring someone like Trey Young along, you want somebody that can shoot and somebody that can move the ball. And I don't Kev- disagree. Kevin Herter is, I mean, I know that Anderson is, is, is better at the little things. He's obviously a ton more experienced. He's going to be much stronger and more athletic. But if We're you if you want the floor open, though. but if you want the floor open for Trey Young and you want Trey Young to be able to make strides this season because the floor isn't a hot mess of confusion, you want Herter out there. And I and I, I mean, if you invest a mid first round pick in somebody, you want to give them minutes to season them. And so I think he's going to be way ahead in, in in terms of you know, way ahead of Justin Anderson in terms of minutes. And let me let me say this: maybe I'm missing something. Justin Anderson I played. I think you are. Justin Anderson played thirty. <laughs> wait, he played thirty-three minutes in the playoffs, right? Yeah. The, in all the playoffs combined, uh, the Seventy Sixers had seven playoff games. He played thirty-three minutes. You know who was on the floor, taking Justin Anderson's minutes in those playoff games? It was Marco Bellinelli. Why? Because Bellinelli can pass. Bellinelli can shoot. I mean that. That's just. And he was an terrible important. for him. Oh, sure, he's terrible. And and that's fine for the Hawks, but it's just, I mean, those yeah. But here's there's a there's a major difference, right? The, that Philly team had guys at his position, where, you know, they had Ben Simmons, they had Dario Sarge, they had Robert Cummington. Those guys are going to eat up all the minutes that Justin Anderson plays, which is, you know, three slash four. Uh, they even had Ersan Ilyasova, who's a four. Like they, like they didn't really have minutes for Justin Anderson on that team. Uh, you know, they had a they had an abundance of guys who play his particular position. We have, I think we're arguing two different things. I'm saying Justin Anderson is probably going to play a lot because he's going to play the four and the Hawks are going to play a lot of small ball four. Uh-huh. I don't uh, just based on how Lloyd Pierce wants to run his defense. Um, I think he wants to play small. I think he wants to play more athletic. And if you want to do that, you know, you got a guy like Justin Anderson who can fill that role. He can fill that small ball four role. And I just feel like, you know, John Collins really doesn't have a backup at the four at the moment, you know, a, a pure power four type. Right. You know, I don't, there's not really an Ursan Ilyasova on this roster. Sure. So it's probably going to be a combo of guys where, like I said, it's probably going to be Vince Carter when he's, you know, able to go. Justin Anderson going to swing that position. Torian Prince, Kent Bazemore. They're going to they're going to fill that rock. They're going to fill that those minutes with guys. <clears throat> you know, with guys who can fill that particular role. I'm not saying Kevin Hurd is not going to play. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying he's going to have to earn those minutes. And I have like, we just don't know. <laughs> and, you know, it goes back to it goes back to train camp. Like he's got to he's got to beat out Tyler Dorsey. And uh, DeAndre Bembry for the, uh, you know, really just Tyler Dorsey for those two guards. And even maybe even Daniel. You can probably add Daniel Hamilton to that list as well. Because Daniel Hamilton, you know, while he, he's not a great shooter, his game is pretty versatile. He, you know, I think Schlenk envisions him, envisions him as a Sean Livingston type of role for him. So you can probably see situations where he's running point while, you know, Trey Young is running the two. So, like, there's there's going to be – this is a very versatile lineup, right? At the same time, you know, Jeremy Lin and Trey Young are going to eat up all the point guard minutes, minutes plus some because they're just going to play together just for the simple fact that they're probably the two best playmakers on this roster. 
So okay. why wouldn't you play them together? You know, just to like, I, you know, it's not, it's not a Jeff T. Dennis Schroeder situation. Jeremy Lin is pretty big. He can play the two. So I expect him to see a lot of minutes. I don't, you know, maybe when, when I just like at the moment, I just don't see how you can pencil in Kevin Herter guaranteed eighth guy in the rotation when, you know, he can't play the four. But the Hawks, you know, the Hawks have all these options, one through three, but they really don't have any that many options for the four and the five. It's, it's really three guys. It's really John Collins, uh, Dwayne Demon, and Alex Lynn, who are your atypical bigs. Mm-hmm. And then the rest, we're just going to figure out, you know, as it goes along. I, and to me, Justin Anderson, specifically for his role as a defensive basketball player, he can probably he can hold up at the four and play that small ball four role. You can say the same with Vince Carter as well when he's healthy. Those guys are because they have NBA. They have more. Defi- it's not that they even have more defined skills than Kevin Herter. It's just that they can play that position. If Kevin Herter was bigger, it could play the four, and you'd be like, and you wouldn't get killed on the glass or you know just get bodied. Then yeah, I'd, I'd say. But, you know, at the moment, Kevin Herter is just a two-guard because he's just physically not capable of holding up against NBA threes. Like, he's going to – Sure. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing yeah, with you. Yeah. I just – I think Kurt is still going to get more minutes. I mean, are, are they going to be at the two? Sure. But I still think he's going to get more minutes than Justin Anderson. Mm, I don't know. Mm, I don't think so. I think you're – I think you're a bit – like, rookies don't – Hawks have too many vets on this team just to give minutes to rookies. Uh-huh. Uh, like there's there's too many there's too many guys on this roster to just like if Herder earns those minutes, then yeah. But you know, I just can't come here and say that he's okay. just gonna play more when you know he put when he put, in particular plays a position where the Hawks are pretty stopped. You know, they okay. have Jeremy Lin, Trey Young. Kent Bazemore, uh, Tyler Dorsey, Kevin Herter, uh, Daniel Hamilton. That's six guys. You know, that's six guys for what? Two, we're, and we're talking about the point guard and shooting guard business. We're two uh, roster, two line, uh, two uh, two out of five in the row, and you know, in the lineup. So it's just like to me, it's just a numbers game. Um, okay. There, there. At the moment, the Hawks don't have a backup power forward and a prototypical one, but they do have, you know, they do have a Justin Anderson. They do have an Alice Poltrowitz on a two-way. They do have Vince Carter who can play that role and be good at it and offer, you know, a more, a more athletic, versatile game. Whereas, you know, Kevin Hurd, like, to me, I'm just playing percentages. I'm just uh-huh. like, you know, Kevin Hurd is going to lose minutes to Tyler Dorsey. And, who, who's just who can you say Justin Anderson gonna lose his minutes to? I like there's not anybody on the roster I can pinpoint that you know in particular Justin Anderson is an actual three a guy who's big you know he's he's he and Torin Prince are the only real you know he Torin Prince and actually Vince Carter are big wings okay. um so that's you know that's valuable that's something the Hawks didn't have last season okay Torin but- Prince went on the bench. Let's do point guards, and then uh, I want to come back at this a different way because I, I think there's a way to make it clear. Maybe I, I went around this question the wrong way. But uh, let, let, me, let me just ask you about the point guard thing first. So two questions with regard to point guards. If you only start one of Jeremy Lin and Trey Young, who's starting? And then if one of those two guys gets hurt, who's your backup point guard? Uh, it's probably... Trey Young starting, Jeremy Lin off the bench. Somebody gets hurt, they'll probably throw Daniel Hamilton, Kent Bazemore. Uh, hell, they'll even give Tony and Prince a chance. They'll bring uh, they'll bring the kid on a two way to be the third point guard. And Jalen Adams. They'll just figure it out. Yeah, Jalen Adams. They'll yeah, I think he'll get the now. call up. Right. I don't know that he'll yeah, play, I, but I think he'll get the call up. If I think I, yeah, I agree this, with you, I think it'll be Hamilton. Um. Honestly, it's probably going to be Bayes more just because he's more like he's just more, you know, a known quantity. And he did it last season 
and he was, you know, kind of okay at it. But, but you know, Daniel Hamilton can do it as well. That that's probably that's why they they signed him as you know a third point guard. But you know, I would I would expect that uh, those backup point guard minutes to be eaten up by Prince and Bazemore just sharing a heavier load. Like both of them can play over 33, 35 minutes a night. I don't. So you, you, and you know, to me, I. You know, backup point guard really isn't like if somebody gets hurt, man, they'll just figure it out from there. And, but uh, I, I think point guard's kind of you know kind of solid on this roster. Uh, so okay, really not much suspense going on with that one. All right, so I want to clear this up, and so I think there's a better way to maybe phrase this, and so I want to phrase it this way. So set aside Alex Poitras, set aside Jalen Adams. They're two-way players. Uh, barring something unforeseen, they're going to get the bulk of their minutes in Erie. You can so add that, that leaves, so much to that list. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that's the kind of question I want to ask you, which is this. So there are 15 players on the roster. If we assume it's a 10-person rotation, uh, assume that maybe, you know, on average, one player is hurt. Give me the four players who are not in the rotation. So you want to you want to start with Amari Spellman. So there's one. Give me three other Mark players Spellman, who you think Miles aren't Plumley. in the rotation. Okay. So two Spellman, Mark Plumley, Plumley, um, and then I don't know. <laughs> no, you I, I can't. can't stop. Stop. I, stop. I no, you got to give me some. You got to give me some names. Two more. I, I need two more names if we're going to do this right. I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll give you four I mean, names. It, it very much depends on, you know, context. It depends on who who's the best out of Bembry, Dorsey, Herder, and uh I know, but you, you're gonna see into Herder. the future and tell me who's gonna wow people in training camp and, and make it happen. Uh So this question is exactly who's not going to wow who's, who's, and be a exactly. disappointment. <laughs> give, me, give me the four so I guys. Have, I don't. Yeah, and Daniel Hamilton. That's the fourth one. So wait, who is the third um, one? I got Spellman, Plumley. No, it's Amari Spellman, Plumley, and then it's going to be two out of Herder, Hamilton, Dorsey, and Bembry. You can probably add Vince Carter, um, depending on if he's on a design rest day. He's, but when he, if he's healthy and he's ready to go, he's probably going to play. So, um, you know, put Vince Carter as a maybe third <laughs> and maybe not just because he can shoot and he's still kind of good. I mean, he's still good. So I don't see why they wouldn't play him. Um, but it's going it's to be two out of those four. It's going to be the, the worst two out of those four guys I mentioned between Bembry, Dorsey, Hamilton, and Herder. You know, just <clears throat> and you know, I think I think it's going to be a lot more fluid than than uh, you know than you're making. I think we're both making it out to be. I think all four of those guys are going to play, given you know maybe who's hot and who had a good stretch of practice. It, it's it's going to be very much a it it's going to be a week to week basis between who which two out of those four don't play. But to me, all four of those guys probably aren't going to be playing that many minutes anyway when they are playing. Like, they might see, you know, two rotations total. Like, I think, you know, the, the top the top eight are so set in stone that they can kind of fill each other's roles. And, you know, it's just going to be who, who the Hawks need in particular that night. Um. Ideally, Herder is in the rotation day one. But, you know, I just don't know with him, with his, you know, the thumb, I think the thumb injury setting him back in that he's probably not, he's only now getting into the, uh, you know, getting into the weight room the way he needs to, the way he needs to be as, as a, you know, skinny guy. So, you know, I, I, you know, I could see the Hawks taking it really slow with him, similar to how they did with Tim Hardaway when he uh, when he came over and kind of took. He really wasn't with the team until January, getting his body right. I could I could see I could see a scenario where Herder, you know, they take 
you know, to me, there's no rush with, like, there's no rush with playing Herder or Spellman, you know, you know, giving time to get their bodies right, get, get them physically capable of playing in the NBA so that when they're on the floor, you know, they're not, you know, they don't have, they don't suffer through confidence issues when it comes to stuff that really isn't in their control at the moment um, physically, you know. Skill-wise, I think Herder is ready to play, but, you know, there, there are, like, he's just, he's really skinny and he, he's got to put on not necessarily weight, but he's got to get stronger just physically. And I, and I, I can see the Hawks, you know, babying him a bit because he's so young and, you know, the Hawks got him for four years. So it's a rebuilding year, yeah, but you just, like, to me, you just don't throw, you just don't throw rookies out there if they're not ready to play. So I'm going to do that with Trey Young just because he's such an, an advanced. Um, he's he's so advanced skill wise, and they've invested a lot in him as a basketball player. So you you can expect the Hawks to kind of throw Trey Young to Wolves, but I would I would expect you know a bit more tender care with Herder and Spellman. Um, Spellman just do you know Spellman. Yeah, he's lost a lot of weight, but he he's still got a ways to go. And sure. you know, he's just gotta he just gotta get there's there's just things he's gotta get better at, you know, on the defensive end before he's, you know, playable. So I'm so disappointed. Uh, I asked you to clarify what? and and I'm just I'm my head's spinning. I'm so lost. I mean I have some general theoretical yeah. points, but uh all right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my four. Let me give let me give you four. I'm going to be clear about my four. I'm not going to punt or say pick two out of this group. I'm just going to give you four names. Okay. Is that fair? So yeah. Plumley, I think mm-hmm. he probably, you know, he's the maybe the one player that I feel most confident in saying, you know, once they signed Len, that kind of doomed him to a fate of he's probably not going to play. So Plumley, mm-hmm. I agree with you on Spellman. Uh, it's just a matter of getting, you know, getting his body more muscular and, you know, and less, less of the baby stuff and just, you know, get stronger. Okay. So those two, I, I think Kevin Hurd is going to play. I just, your I, I think I could take your argument for Trey Young in terms of he's advanced and the team has a lot invested in him. I think, I mean, it, he's. I don't know. I would just take all that argument and just apply it to Herder too. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you separate the argument. So you think he's two. better than Dorsey? Yes, he can pass. He can pass. Tyler Dorsey yeah, is but... not a good pass. Tyler Dorsey's a, a a good shooter. He's a great rebounder for a guard. He's you know he's athletic. He's not that big, um, but you know one big thing I think that the the Hawks want is they want players who can pass the ball and Herder instantly becomes, you know, Bazemore's pretty good passer, but you know, once you get past him, you know, look at the non point guards on the roster. I don't think he has a whole long way to go to be one of the best passers. Who's not a point guard on this roster. So I, I think he plays. I don't disagree. I think, I think he plays. So, okay. So I say it's Spellman oh. Plumley. I'm very nervous for Deandre Bembry. Um, I think he's going to get a long look, but I think he has the disadvantage of the so fact. You think you think you think Herd is guaranteed to play over Bembry? Yeah, because he can shoot and he can pass. Yep. I, I think, I th- especially on a team that you know is trying to develop somebody like Trey Young, I think that's what you want out there. So yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I do. I know. I mean, maybe that's not exciting, but I I, I get to make my own list of four here. Come on. Uh, I, I'm actually no, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting I'm not, for Bembry over Dorsey just because I think Bembry has a ton of defensive potential and passing potential. I think he's you know, he's not a very good shooter, but he might be able to get to the point where he's better at running a pick and roll than than Tyler Dorsey is. Uh, and, and if so, given that point guard isn't that deep once you get past Lynn and Young, I think that affords some Bembry. Uh, opportunity as a point guard slash playmaker. Um, but I think initially it's going to be hard for him to crack the rotation, especially given the fact that it was a different administration that drafted him versus Dorsey, who was picked uh, by Schlenk. So I've got mm-hmm. Spellman, Spellman, Plumley, Bembry, 
and then it gets tricky. And I guess if I have to put a name out there, I would say Daniel Hamilton. But I don't think it's impossible that he doesn't leapfrog Justin Anderson, just in terms of his playmaking too. I think he's going to be, you know, just much better with the ball, off the ball, you know, in terms of offense. Uh, and again, I think that's what they're looking for. I think, you know, in a rebuilding year like this, you want offense. And uh, I think I think the development of guys like Young and Herter is going to depend a lot on the offensive competence of the other players that they put around them. And, and that's, that's the big thing you're looking for. Um, so I'm going to put Hamilton as my fourth, but... I'm not ruling him out as as somebody who could who could leapfrog Anderson and you know somebody like Dorsey too. So that that's my four: Plumley, so Hamilton, Plumley, Hamilton, Spellman, Bembry. Uh, but you know, I I think Bembry has a good chance of leapfrogging Dorsey, and I think Hamilton, you know, could could quote unquote leapfrog Anderson only in the sense that Hamilton would get minutes on the wing. And you'd see more of Baysmore and Prince as small ball fours, and then maybe not Anderson much at all, you know, less overall at that point. How'd I do? Uh, I think you did pretty well. I, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's crazy or anything. I think yeah. you know. I think it makes sense. I, you know, I just. I don't have enough information to say one way or the other. That's why when said two guys are definitely not going to be in the rotation and the rest, you know, are going to play. So I'm, I'm very intrigued to I, see I think where Tyler Dorsey ends up. Like I think I, like, he's might like, be the honestly, most interesting player in the preseason. Like what do you get out of Tyler Dorsey? Who? Tyler Dorsey? Like I think the preseason oh, you said Tyler Dorsey. matters to him maybe more than it matters to any other player on this roster just in terms of the Hawks trying to figure out what they have with him. You know, do they want to use him? Is is it worth, you know, investing minutes in his development? It it was just weird to watch him in summer league. There were like times he just looked like this savvy veteran who was going to dominate, and then there were just other times that he was just, you know, just in terms of like decision making and stuff, just didn't look like he belonged out there. And that was in summer league, and it's just such a wide variety. I don't even know what to expect now. And um, I'm curious to see, you know, where he is at the start of his second season. I think the preseason matters to him a lot. Sort of Dorsey, Bembry, that's that's where I am in terms of like, I think those two are going to be kind of competing with each other for, for their futures in the first couple months. Agreed. Uh, I guess the only difference, the really difference is that to me, um, you know, I just don't see that many minutes for the for those last two spots in the rotation for God, you know, for, you know, I, I just don't think there's that many minutes to go around mm-hmm. on a nightly basis. I, I, I do believe how, like I do believe Pierce is going to play his best guys mm-hmm. as much as possible. Right. Um just just because they fit so well together, like, you know, baseball prints. You know they're so they're so good as wings already, right? That it's just hard. It's hard for me to see that them them not playing thirty, oh sure, plus minutes a night. Oh, yeah, yep. And if if they're hogging all those minutes, I, I just don't see. I just don't see that you know the minute allocation to suggest that the Hawks are going to run a a true ten man rotation in the sense that you know maybe Bud used to do, where. Uh, you know, Bud kind of had a a minute restriction of thirty minutes a night. You know, I can see the Hawks. You know, especially with Jeremy Lin's ability to play the two, there's just not going to be that. Like to me, it's just the minute may not be there for Herder, and I could see the Hawks wanting to get Herder confidence up playing in Erie um, for a month or so, just to you know get him more acclimated to the NBA game since he did miss. Uh, summer league, which you know it, it matters to him in particular, just because he won't have that feel for the NBA game. But you know, if he kills in the training camp, then yeah, he'll play every night. But I don't know. It, it it's very much dependent on who you know who has a good training camp, and 
you know, who's playing well week to week. Uh, but I think the only real disagreement we have is with Justin Anderson, even though, you know, I personally am indifferent. Like I said, I don't, I don't really think he's good, but at the same time, he kind of does fill a role uh, right. as, a, as a legit, like you can play him at the four. You can do that with, and you can't do that with the other guys we were talking about. Even that you add Daniel Hamilton to the list. Daniel Hamilton's not big enough to play the four either. Um, and you know, there's there's only so many. Like if when John Collins goes on the bench, I think it's going to be Prince a lot of the time, though. It Prince and Carter. Mm. I think Prince and Carter. I mean, we didn't say a lot about. We didn't say. A, I haven't said a lot about Vince Carter. You have, I think, more than me. But you know when people were talking to him after his reported signing, which becomes official, you know, tomorrow slash Friday, you know, he said he picked Atlanta because he was trying to pick a place where he was going to get the chance to play. And that, you know, they kind of said, you know, he's going to play. So I figure, like you say, he's the backup power forward. Prince is also the other kind of backup power forward. I just don't know that there. Yeah, are... but then there's there's minutes for Justin Anderson and then at three just because he's big enough to do it and hold up. Right. Like I, I think you're giving way too much credit to these guys who are not big enough to guard wings in in today's NBA. Like Kevin Hurd is not big enough. He's not strong enough. Dorsey's not big enough. He's not strong enough. Daniel Hamilton's not big enough. Not strong enough. So maybe like me, Justin Anderson and Vince Carter are definite. Uh, Justin Anderson's just better than Denbury and they're the same age and they they have the same contract situation. So it, it like and Denbury's not that big either. So it's just you know, when you're six when you're six eight, two thirty and got a seven foot wingspan, you have an allowance to to you're probably going to play on this roster. Uh okay. and yeah, if if they honestly if they sign Alex Porteris to an actual NBA contract, he'd probably play more than the guys we talked about as well, just because of his prototypical size. Because you know, it, it it matters less who's better as a basketball player and more who fits what the right. Hawks need at that given moment in the rotation. And to me, just because the Hawks have so many guys who can who can play um, the two, you know, it's just going to limit how many minutes are going to go around for those those basketball players when you know. Jeremy Lynn, Trey Young, Kent Bazemore are kind of set in stone as gobbling up a lot of those minutes. Similar to how you could say uh, Dwayne Dedman, John Collins, and Alex Lynn are going to gobble up the center minutes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you could say that the same for the for the two guard spot. Um, you know, those those three guys in particular are going to play a lot, and you know, there's just not there's just not going to be there's only so many minutes to go around. Whereas you know. At the wing, at at Torian Prince and um, John Collins in particular, they're not that many big. You know, the, the Hawks have more big guys than they've ever had in quite a while. But at the same time, it's just just Anderson, Vince Carter, and Alex Fulcher on the bench. Um, that's just three guys. And I'm like, to me, I'm just playing a numbers game where Alex Fulcher isn't going to play mm-hmm. just because he's on a two way contract. But Vince Carter and Jeff Anderson are because they're they're. <clears throat> You know they they have, you know they have incentives to play him, um, particularly Justin Anderson Anderson because I think, you know he's he's the type of he's the type of wing talent to where you, you really want to see if he can he can earn that second contract with your team because you get good value for him similar to how you know other teams have done um, you, you know you, you know like uh, Jay Crowder or something like that. I don't think he's that caliber of basketball player, but they're going to give him every chance to. They're going to give him every chance to succeed uh, just due to incentive and that, you know, he physically can play it. Uh, it's not about skill level to me at that point. It's just it, we're, we're talking about a roster constriction. We're talking about minutes constriction at, at you know, I think we're just arguing two different points. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Kevin Herter is the more important, you know, basketball player, but at the same time, you know, when – you have when you trade, you know the Hawks. The Hawks gave away a lot to get Jeremy Lin. Like, you know, he's making fifteen. You know, he's making good money this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they traded him just for cap space, so you can expect him to play a lot. They're going to try to boost his trade value, you know, at the least. So, 
And they really, you know, they really like like to have Trey Young off the ball. And, and if you're going to play Trey Young off the ball, you want somebody who you know can handle an NBA offense. And you can say that with certainly with Jeremy Lin. Oh, absolutely. You really can't say that. You can't say that with Kevin Herter. And that, I think that ultimately is the difference between what, what we're arguing here. Jeremy Lin is a more, you know, Jeremy Lin is just a better basketball player. And he's going to play a lot. You know, he's going to play a lot at the one and the two. Trey Young is going to play a lot. And then, you know, some maybe uh, maybe Kevin Herter gobbles up the rest of those minutes, you know, when, you know, somebody needs a break. Uh, he can win that role, but at the same time, that's, only, that's not that much. I have, I have another question. So, again, I, I only want one name here, not six. You're probably <laughs> going to get seven, so go ahead. Actually, I have two. I have two questions, but here's the first one, and and hopefully we can wrap it up then. Um, the first one is when trade deadline when the trade de- deadline rolls around. Who is the player most likely to either get traded, or you know maybe get the courtesy veteran wave? But either way, whether it's a trade or or a release, whatever. Who is the the player most likely to end up with a contender after the trade deadline? One guy. Who who's who's most likely? Who's the most likely player to be with a contender? You know, come you know March fifteen. Vince Carter. Really? Uh, yeah, just because he's the easiest. They'll just buy him out, and he's you know, the cheapest buyout option. Well, he'll be a buyout, but he's on a minimum contract and they don't have to pay. When you get these guys that are on like minimum contracts, but they've got 20 years with the league, you don't actually have to pay that much. Like the league pitches in a whole bunch of that money. It's weird. It's like an arcane rule. So I don't think he's particularly expensive in terms of the Hawks. And like last yeah, season, can, last can, season, he didn't end up with a contender Hawks. either. Yeah, I can see the Hawks, but I can see at the same time I can see the Hawks just. If, if we're talking about, if you're talking about most likely guy to, to be off the roster, it's probably him just because okay. it's easiest to get off. But um, on, you know, off, what about if you not, say on not, somebody else's roster? Who's who's going to be with a contender come March 15 from this roster? Uh, other than my answer is Vince Carter, just because you know contenders could use him. I, I don't, okay. I don't think. That's fair. I just making sure because he he didn't really do that last year. Um, yeah, well, he was making he was making like eight mil last season. Now, okay. you know, it's a minimal contract, so okay, it's that's easier fair. with Vince Carter. That's true. Um, it's like what what I, I think what I'm getting at is that it's just like I they're not going to trade uh, Baysmore unless they get real value for him, just because he's really good and right. he's a two way wing. Um, so. He would be second on that list, maybe. No, you know, Dwayne Dwayne's in a difficult spot just because he's on a one-year contract, and right. we kind of saw this last season where no team's really giving up anything of value for. That's okay. I mean, they, contract. They could waive him as a courtesy if they, you know. Do you think that they, they would they do that not, with him? They will not. He's too good. They will not waive Dwayne. Like, what if it's like a second-round pick? I mean, it'd have to be a second-round pick with no salary coming back. So that, that's the issue, right? Be, just because it's so hard to make midseason trades. Uh-huh. Um, ideally, if Dwayne Dedman was going to be off the roster, it'd be uh, during the draft, this draft, or you know, during free agency when there was more cap space. But as is, you know, these contingent te- teams don't really have tradable pieces. Right. You know, they, they have true. money they're trying to get off of. Sure. And the Hawks are the Hawks are in a, kind of in a position of strength where it's like, uh, if you're trying to get off money, we can wait for the offseason and do that and get a first-round pick yeah. instead of a second-round pick and give it up, you know, a sure. quality basketball player. Even though, we, we, even though, you know, maybe at that point winning isn't their primary, but at the same time, you know, they don't really have – like, it's Dwayne Dedman and Alex Williams. Uh, you know, as centers. So unless you, unless they're getting somebody, unless they're getting a young, like if unless they're getting real value for Desmond, which I don't see happening, mm-hmm. then maybe, maybe him. Um, and then Jeremy Lin, like Jeremy Lin, just makes too much money. Um, yep. Okay. It, you know, it, it, yeah. it, if, 
like it, it's those it's those four guys, but of the of the four, Vince Carter is just the easiest. No, that makes sense. Just, Vince Vince will be like, hey, I want to play for contender. It's my last season. But like, okay, sure, no problem. Yep. Right. We got. I agree. Yeah, we, we signed Alex Porter to a two-way. You know, he's kind of showed out in the G League. To me, Porter is way too good for a two-way contract. Mm-hmm. I think really, he, yeah. he kind of sold himself. I think he sold himself short. I think he's good enough to be on an NBA roster. Right. A 15-man roster just due to his size and athleticism. That makes a lot of sense, so, though. That that Like those two moves in conjunction, you know, Vince goes to contender, Porter kind of comes up and fills his role. That, yeah. that, that kind yeah, of fits. Yeah, especially – Especially if it's you know in March and the Hawks have kind of gave gave up the goose, but yep. you know the other the other three guys are more exciting, but at the same time it's it's just so hard to like we thought like I mean the Hawks are trying desperately to get out, you know trying to trade Bellinelli and Urson during the season, and you know Urson had the no trade clause and Bellinelli like nobody was going to trade for Bellinelli because they knew they were just going to waive him, right. so or if they really like because. You know, Demon is a lot better than, like, to me, Demon is better than both of those guys. Sure. But at the same time, like, a team, you know, what contending team needs a center? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, a, 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 put it like this a contending team that believes they have a chance to beat Golden State Warriors or make it to a oh. conference final. Oh, I didn't say you that. Know, that, wasn't, Gold- that wasn't in my hypothetical. No, no, but, but I'm. <laughs> But but if you look at it that way, uh-huh. it's just hard, like there's so many quality centers out there. You know, you know these teams can just they can kind of wait out the market and get somebody on a bio like Greg Monroe. You get that caliber basketball player. Dwayne Devin is better than Greg Monroe, but at the same time, there's always going to be a Greg Monroe type on the buyout market. So they'll just like instead of giving up real like these contending teams instead of giving up value for a mark like a low you know, a rotational player, right? or, you know, a a low-end starter, they can just wait out the market and then go from there. So, okay. That's fair. And then, and then, and then with Baysmore, it's just straight. It's just like, to me, it's just a straight, it's just a straight. If you're giving up, if you're the Rockets, if you're giving up two first round picks, he's yours. If you're the other teams, if you're giving up actual assets and not bad contracts, he's yours. But, you know, if you're not going to do that, then, the Hawks will just, you know, keep him till next season because they like him and sure. he's good. And you know, it's, it's, he's not he's not so good as to hurt a tank if they're trying to tank. Right. You know, at that point in the season. So, and uh, <clears throat> so that I think that 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 kind of answers your question there. <laughs> Very long. Did you there. give me five names again? Stop it. One name. Okay, this is a I yes. One. It was this Carter. is okay. That's true. But then you gave me like five, five more. That's yeah, true. At least you specified. You were clear with your one. I will give you credit for that. All right. This is a yes or no question. Every year, it's usually Halloween, which also coincides with, you know, right around opening day. I guess the season starts earlier now, so probably a couple weeks into like the season. like the 17th, doesn't it? Yeah, it used to start at like the 28th, and now it's starting like the 17th. Shortened preseason and It used and all to that. start on Halloween, and now yep. it starts – like mid-October, so. Yep. yep, shorter preseason, longer season. Um, but so the, the Hawks will have a couple of weeks to make the decision, which is at the end of October, they have to decide whether or not to offer DeAndre Bembry, uh, you know, pick up his fourth-year option. Do, do they pick it up? You're going to hate it when I say it depends on how well he is in training camp, but. That is not a yes or no, no answer. Uh, if he's hurt again, then no. Like if sure, he gets okay. hurt, okay, it's just gonna be a flat no. But I mean, if he's if he's available to play, and he you know looks and he shows why he was a first round draft pick, then absolutely, just because it's a low risk move. You know, it's not that much money. It's not that much guaranteed money, and you know, if he disappoints, they can just cut him. And you know, it's not like the Hawks are in a you know, roster crunch or a cap space crunch, but right. um, I would I would say yes, just on you know percentages, because as long as he's healthy, he should show why he was a first round draft pick during training camp and then during the season. Um, and yeah, sure. So it'd be like, hey, why not? You know, what what do we have to lose here? Yeah, I'm gonna say. Oh, mm. 
Now, it's, I mean, okay, the, the Hawks are going to have not, a... It's not, it's not such an easy yes or no question now, is it? Oh, yeah, you're flipping the tables on me. I mean, it's, the Hawks are not going to sign a huge free agent in the offseason with all this marvelous cap space they have. Do they want to continue to be able to absorb contracts? I mean, a lot of the bad salary comes off the books in this offseason, right? All, all the horrible deals from three and a half years ago, those are going to start to come off the books and teams are going to start to have a lot more cap space. Is there still a whole lot of value in trying to absorb bad contracts for picks and other assets versus do you want to take a risk on Bembry showing you something now and into his fourth season? He's on the hook for $2.6 million. Uh, not this season, but next, if they want to pick up that option. I'm going to say yes, but yeah, like you said, if he's hurt or something, it could be a no. I'm going to go with a very iffy yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm probably... I'm probably just going to say it's probably just a solid yes because he, he's going to be healthy. Um, and as long as he's healthy, it's probably yes. And 2.5 million compared to how much couch space they already have, like that's, that's you know, that's inconsequential. Okay. I, I think the money is inconsequential with Denbury. It's more of the roster spot, mm-hmm. which is probably more of a consequence. Um, so it'd be a situation where, you know, if he is hurt, I can see them declining that option just because if he, even if he you know shows up and has a good third year, you know they could probably sign him to a relative. They could do a Kevin Looney type deal with them, okay, and keep it moving. Um, but all right, I I, I don't know, I don't know. All right, that's all I got for today. I, I'm gonna have to uh, put a picture of the, the card that you insulted on, on Twitter or something in the in the ATL on twenty nine Twitter account. Defend my honor. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. I cars suck in general. So, like, my my dad has a nice car. His car sucks. Like, <laughs> his cars are bad. We cars need are bad. Okay. Public transit. We need a we need a train system that goes through all of the Atlanta connectors, so that you know. And we need to cut down this traffic and this pollution and all that good stuff. Okay. So, like, <laughs> nobody likes driving in general. Um, so let's, you know, let's evolve as a society and get a more efficient transit system. Yeah, that's, in our city. That, that's why I work from home in my non-basketball job. It's, it's, it's a very good gig to work from home. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Anything you want to plug? Uh, not at the moment. You can follow me at Jonesy2x4. Uh, sadly, the account is still locked. It's going to be locked for the foreseeable future, but. You know, as long as you hit that, you know, follow button, I'll see your request and probably just add you. Um, other than that, you know, I don't really have much. It's fun getting back. I didn't expect to go an hour plus um, <laughs> on this, but, uh, you know, we had a fun conversation. I was glad to have it. All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to do this again soon. No more, no more three-week breaks. Thanks, thanks, Tyler. No problem. All right. Have a good one. You too. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.